You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. Welcome to Take a Breath with Joe and Tom. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, We got a lot of things to talk about uh, today. Um, I wanted to start with a few, a few things, uh, you know, you and I were talking this week, uh, depending upon the business. I mean, there's this huge debate lately. Well, not lately, but in, in the last, uh, few years about cold calling, you know, whether it's dead, you know, cold calling versus cold emailing, um, and depending upon the industry that you're in. And, and, and what you're selling, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I always use the example and I don't mean to uh, offend anyone, but if like if you're selling chimney sweeps or something like that, right. cold calling could be effective. But when you're selling stuff that like we are, um, that, you know, a lot of people may not know that they need it, may not know it exists. And then you kind of have to go into, you know, what it is and, and, and why it's important. Right. Um, I, you know, and this is just a, more of an observation and, and um, something I think is worth saying, but I think that podcasting kind of like what we're doing here uh, is, is a, is, is one way, one vehicle to take the place of cold calling. Uh, And the reason why I think that is, you know, first of all, cold calling, especially with what merged analytics is, let's say, it, it could be somewhat technical and, you know, you need to kind of, you know, lay out some scenarios and, and, you know, and bef- before you get to that, before somebody on the other line would even let you go that far, they would want to really understand who you are. Right. Uh, so anyway, that was just something I, I, you know, one bullet that I have on, on the dock is just how, how podcasting um is, is, is being used lately, I think, by a lot of B2B organizations. As, Absolutely. As- I mean, it is, I mean, if you're not podcasting, you're not, you're not today, right? Um, right. But it does give you a chance to kind of somehow get introduced, you know, warmly to, to Joe and Tom, you know, yeah. you can invite Joe and Tom into your living room and listen to what they have to say. And some days you might say hey, that makes sense and other days not, but, um, it does give you a chance to kind of understand who, who we are at that personal level. And that's not easy to do over a cold call. I mean, people's time it's, are so, is so important today. Everybody's got so many juggling, so many different things, cold calling. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that 
argue against it, but cold calling just isn't that effective when you match it up against how much time you spend trying to penetrate one actually deal. And in today's environment, I mean, podcasting is a tool of today. There are so many amazing tools, amazing tools that you can string together and piece together analytic tools, um, outreach tools, you know, connecting those, those data points all together before you even make a cold call. So there are so many tools, like back in the day, I mean, cold calling is what you did because that's what you had. You had a phone. You had a phone. The only thing you could do. That's the only thing you could do. So you did it. And those who could do it well were successful. You could do that or you could walk door to door, whatever. But today we've got so many tools. I mean, podcast, one of them to introduce Joe and Tom to an audience. And we've got tools like Merge Analytics and Merge Analytics. It certainly isn't a one size fits all. But you start adding other you know, tools together and pull it into a little portal, you, you have a lot of intelligence and information about somebody with need before you cold call them. And guess what? When you make that phone call, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I do, th- this is on my radar. I have been thinking about this. Right. Call me back or I don't have time or you know what? Now is a good time. Yeah. Well, and and we talk all the time. I mean, you know, yes, we have a great product, but the fact is, is people are buying you and me. And what I find is, is when when I do make contact finally with with uh, you know our you know prospects or whatever, they already feel like they know me. Yeah. And merge analytics because of stuff they've probably seen on LinkedIn, and so I, you know that's uh, you know just podcasting, especially in long form, even short form. But it's 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 a way to get to know us feel comfortable with us, what we're saying and say, you know what? I kind of like those guys. Let's see what they have to say. You also mentioned real quick, uh, all these different tools that organizations have to get intelligence and data and help them hopefully increase revenue and manage their customers better. But I did see a statistic yesterday that the average small to medium-sized business uh, uses about 26 apps. Wow. Like B2B apps together, it, or, yeah. you know, whether they're talking to each other or not, that's another story, but like, that's a right. lot. <laughs> that is. That is. Yeah. And I think now is a time where a lot of people kind of go through their subscription tools and see, did it, did it create them revenue uh, this year or not? And they kind of, you know, pull away from those that did and focus on the ones that don't. 26 is a lot, you know, um, I would think you know, I would think maybe four or five piece together could give you what you needed, but uh, well, but then, and, and I'm I'm not just talking about generalizing. You know, right. we're going, you know what size you know, accounting you software exactly. oh, and all oh, that gotcha, stuff. Gotcha, it, gotcha. it takes into account everything, all just just the apps that you use to run your business. Right. And then um, kind of kind of going back, I mean, yeah. just like podcasts. I mean, social media is doing a great job of of kind of introducing an individual to a prospect or a customer too. And that's why I like, and we're guilty of it. We got to, we got to revamp, you know, some of our profile, you know, images and so forth. But, but uh, a lot of successful companies out there focus on helping people really bring their LinkedIn profile up to speed because that's kind of a first dance in some situations. And then you, then you mix you know, the social media profiling with engagement 
So if you're seeing people engaging with your profile, that's just another step in the right direction to softly reach out. And that's not a cold call, but that is a, that is a call that somebody expects because they are interested in what you do. So it's just, there's so many tools to introduce an individual, introduce a prospect, introduce a customer, introduce, introduce a, a company and podcast or one on social media and all that fun stuff. Well, and, and, and you're right. And, you know, just kind of, go on to the, to the next uh, bullet on our doc is kind of related to this, but you know, you got to look at the ROI for each one of the, like, how do you, how do you procure, what is the cost right. of a lead? Right. And, yeah. and, and, and what is the most efficient, not and you know, you talked about time, time is equal to money, right? So how expensive is it to get, new prospects, you know, is it, 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 you know, sometimes I hear all the time, I can't afford lead gen. Okay. How much does it cost you, Mr. or Mrs. Company to get a lead? And a lot of times they don't have the answer. So like, if you're sending out emails and you're on LinkedIn all day, trying to introduce something, and then you get like one lead a week from all of that activity. Five hours. Yeah. Yeah times, whatever, however, um, you know, your hourly rate is or how, what you think it is. I mean, it's, yeah. let's say it's a hundred dollars an hour, uh, you know, right. that could be low, that could be high, but let's just say it's a hundred at $25 an hour for one, for one week, one lead that's expensive. Yeah. Or maybe you could spend, uh, you know, between a hundred and $150 on a tar on a qualified targeted lead that wants to talk to you. You may think you can't afford that, but, uh, you know, just you might. <laughs> well, we're going to take it a little further, too. I would ask the question, um, and just just FYI, I mean, lead gen rules. It's, good. It has to be good, though. Yeah, yeah yes. good yeah. lead gen, meaning qualified leads from a decision maker that says, I want to take a next step, is yeah. so worth the money. I mean, There's no life. argument out there that says it's not worth the money, period. Yeah. Right. But it's not it's just, it, but it is tough to find those, those quality lead gen people. Sure. Right you know, it takes a lot of tools, a lot of background messaging, you know, pinging hundreds of thousands of people. And then that might serve up two leads, mm -hmm. but you, I mean, small companies don't have the, the, the resources and bandwidth to do that. They just no, no. Um, no. So rather than asking what the cost per lead is, I take it further and say, what's the cost per conversion or per customer, mm -hmm. because a lot of people get lost in between the lead and conversion process. They, they might think a lead comes in and boom, they're going to close it day of right. or that right. week. Right. Well, that's and point. they might do that without a proper onboarding process. Like you, when a lead comes in, even if it's somebody that says, I hear what you're saying and I like it, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean they're gonna buy day of. Right, right. They're not going to buy day of. So you have to have a, a certain set of processes in place to make sure you're walking that lead through the best experience as possible. And guess what? It may not convert. And guess what? They still might, they might want your product. And if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel right, don't sell them. Don't sell to them. Because what that's going to do is cause problems down the road. So don't, I mean, lead, just because somebody's interested in you and it's a lead and you actually go through the proper processes to convert, 
if you don't, if it doesn't feel right inside and you, and you feel this person might give you uh, spend, exhaust more of your time than it's worth. I know it's hard to say you always want business then say, I, I appreciate it, but I don't think it's the right fit. There's nothing Tom, wrong with that. Tom, There's you and I are so aligned right now. Yeah. The next, <laughs> the next bullet on our dock is exactly this. And I know you don't even have this in front of you. Um, no, I don't look. Yeah, I don't look. I know. I know. That's what I like. It. I, I kind of like it because I know where we're going and you don't. And so I'm, I'm impressed with how, you, you know, if you were a jazz musician, me and you would be uh, jamming really good right now. Yeah. Um, red flags that prospects give you during the pre-sales process. Right. That's, that's the bullet. And the, the idea there is, all right, great. You have someone interested in your process. If they're a total pain in the ass right. during the pre-sales process, before there's a deal in place, right. how do you think they're going to be when they're a customer? Right. And so it's exactly what you just said. Even if they're interested, if they, if you, if they are diff, if again, if they're not even a customer of yours and they're already causing you stress right. or asking for things that, that, you know, you don't necessarily do, but you know, Oh my God, they're interested. Yeah. If it doesn't feel right, you know, I mean, and we've been doing this long enough. Yeah. You can reply to an email that, and we've never even spoken to them. And you're like, mm, based on that reply. Yeah. I, bad feeling about this. Yeah. And the same is true on the other side. Right. Like you could tell, you know right. what? I have a good feeling about this. I don't know why. Right. But anyway, the red flags in the pre-sales process, how you are, how you, you know, I, I'm a stoic, right? How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? right. So if they're a pain in the ass here, they're going to be a pain in the ass. Here. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, there's a cost, there's a cost, I'll call it customer drain. There's a cost there. Like, so if, if somebody's draining you pre-sales, they're going to drain you post-sales. So any any good, you know, and salespeople have, they do, they have got amazing instincts. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, and if a salesperson that's been doing it a long time, you know, triple that, you know, they've got really good instincts and you can foreshadow how the relationship's going to be moving forward. So you can't, you can't, you can't have one customer disrupt the, the way you deal with other clients, you know? So so you got, you got to, you got, that's the key that. word disrupt. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's a cost to that drain. And then usually, and, 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 and disruptions, it takes resources away from where you should be focused. Right. It, it really, you know, and, and it's easier said than done. I mean, you and I are, you know, we could easily fall victim to this, it, you know, especially in our other software company, you know, when, when we were, when we saw dollar sign, like, you know, a big project that well, it was sort of what we did, we yeah. could do it, yeah. we could deliver, but, yeah. and it was a big price tag, but it would totally divert us from what we're doing. Stay the course. You know? Yeah. Well, that's easier said than done. You know, but no, also, yeah. So, so, so when you're, so when a salesperson's instincts kick in and they kind of get that, that feeling, that's when you start asking the tough questions. Yeah. You can really filter through whether somebody, because somebody can, you know, they can run you ragged pre-sales and then be like, nah, you know, I was just using you, you know, and I've been looking at other, you know, so, so that's where tough questions come in. And I think, and a lot of like younger salespeople, um, you know, business dev, the dev or marketing, they, they don't feel as comfortable asking the tough questions in the early on in the process. But if, 
you and I, when doing this long enough, we ask the tough questions when it's the right time. And we call those withdrawals and deposits. You know, we, we deposit, we deposit, we give, we give yeah. that customer experience. We do everything we can. We provide the value. We, sh- we, we roll out the red carpet. Then it's time for the withdrawal. Okay. When are we moving? It's an ask. When are Whatever we ask. Yeah, yeah. It's an ask. Yeah. Whatever that ask is. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever that ask is. Yeah. You know, it's time to move forward. Uh, can I send you an invoice? Can you be a referral? Can you, whatever that ask is when you give, 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 you're depositing, yeah. And then you feel just like money in a bank. When you put enough money in the bank, you're like, you know what? I have enough money where I feel like I can withdraw now money, right. withdraw money and, and still be okay. You know? And so right. when you give, give, give and deposit for your, for a prospect or a customer, there's a certain point where you're like, you know what? I've done this for you. Now I'm, you know, where's the reciprocity? Now yeah, exactly. I haven't asked for you. And that's, and if they, if they respond properly, then that's how the relationship's going to be moving good forward, you know? So yes. the walk away is, is don't be afraid of anybody to walk away from money or deal. The money can be delusional. Like you yes. can, you can fall into rabbit holes and wrong paths because the dollar signs it can be very scary, um, but but if it doesn't feel right, nine out of ten times it's not right. It just isn't. So, so don't be afraid to walk away. Yeah, we've read uh, "Nail It Then Scale It." Yeah, um, great book. The next one on the docket is um, that, crossing, uh, the "Crossing the Chasm." Oh, you got yeah. it. Good, yeah. I have it. Yeah. Um, crossing, you know, so "Nail It Then Scale It" is. Basically, a book about how to how to build a a company, and right. and you know you know we've talked about this in other um, sessions, but basically you know the, the 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 normal model, especially in this country, some really smart person comes up with an idea, he asks around his friends and family, everyone's like, hey, no, that's a good idea. You write a business plan, you shop it around, you raise money from other smoke, uh, uh, quote unquote smart people. And they give you all this money. And before you even talk to prospects or even have a customer, you get all this money and you think you have, you know, and, and your, your, your ideas are kind of reaffirmed because you got investment money. It can't be a bad idea if I got investment right. money, right? I mean, right. this is going to go crazy. You had one good sell. You're right. So that, <laughs> right. So the nail it, then scale it book really, you know, kind of debunks that and, and, and goes over the correct ways to really, you know, all right, you have an idea. Now go out in the market and verify Right. You know, talk to talk not not just you know companies that think it's a good idea. Okay, thank you, company A. You think it's a good idea. Would you buy this? Okay, if you would buy this, is it you who'd be buying it, or is it you know what's the pro? So really understanding the 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 process of I have a product or a service, and how do I sell it, and and is it going to get used type of thing. Really? Reason why I'm bringing this up, aside from the fact that anybody who's trying to create anything, not just a business, should read Nail It Then Scale It. Right. Okay, Crossing the Chasm is after you scale it, uh, after you nail it, there's usually that space. Right. Where, you know, you have, you know, you, you nailed it, you know, you have a market, you have customers. How do you then cross that chasm to really, I mean, very few organizations get cross that chasm, you right. know, the, the Microsofts, the Amazons, you know, the Googles, you know, they, yep. they cross the chasm and boom, Facebook in particular, I bring up oh, because yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg yeah. 
is not following or has not followed up until uh, actually recently he kind of walked back some 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 statements in the stock uh, yeah. perform but he was not following the nail it then scale it process right he wasn't asking like they changed their name to meta right he said this is where we're going i have the uh, i'm a brilliant guy which he obviously is but he's like i know you know we're building out this thing because i believe this is where commerce and everything is going and he may be right but he didn't ask his investors or his board and he doesn't have to because that's the other problem with with meta facebook he's nailed it he i believe that, that's well, not right. going to take anywhere. I, well, I was saying, though, but most companies don't have this problem. Right. Large public companies uh, don't have this yeah. problem because he has all of the voting. Share. Yeah. All the shares, all the voting. So, you know, he didn't have anyone be like, no, I don't want to use our money or, you know, the money for this. But anyway, this is the it's the perfect. Ex- and the stock got crushed. They're yeah. throwing all this money at it. You know, um, yeah. And, you know, obviously with FTX and, and other stuff that's been happening in the crypto world, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a great idea. Now, it still, just because you don't follow the nail it and scale it process, there are examples of companies that got lucky and just nailed it. But even I was just reading uh, Thomas, uh, who invented the light bulb uh, or Edison. Edison. Yeah. 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 So he, he invented the light bulb. Yeah. It took. 70, 70, 70 years before the light bulb from its invent- invention to when it started going mainstream. 70 years, the light bulb. People would rather have the gas. Well, that's where gaslighting came from. Right. Um, they they, they had to. The, the, term. I hear ga- gaslighting term has been uh, a lot of people using that lately. Yeah. The, well, right. And But they want, that was what they had to do was the lighting company had to make the light bulbs uh, illuminate light like the gas lights. Right. And they wanted to take over all the energy too. The- and they want, right. Yeah. But yeah. it took 70 years. So my, my, my point is, is even when you have the greatest idea. Right. It, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to have an instant. The thing about Zuckerberg, like he, he had, he's, 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 he did it. And he's got the, I mean, I he's got ego. Like he feels like his ideas are going to work again. So he he's believing in himself. Those are the most dangerous ones. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, with Nisi and, and crossing the chasm and all that. When you are a young entrepreneur and you're starting out, everyone thinks their idea is going to be the best and it's going to be the next thing, you know, the next. Especially when your mom and your friends are telling you how exactly. great your idea is. The, the, the walk away, I, I would, what I would tell a young entrepreneur with a good idea is now it's time to be vulnerable. Now it's time to not only get uncomfortable once a day, but 25 times a day. Because that's what you're doing. You're okay. You can go sell it to your friends at first. You got friendlies giving you feedback, but that feedback is always suspicious because your friend doesn't want to say it sucks. You know, they might say it's okay, but you know, but no, I want, I want somebody to say, I don't like this because of this, this, and this. It didn't work for us. We, your website stinks. And you want to hear it all. You want to hear it all. And you want to hear it early. Well, with Merge Analytics, we gave it away for free for ex- in the beginning. Yeah. For exactly that reason. Right. What happens when someone clicks our trial form? 
Right. Are they, is it intuitive? Do they know to sign up? What happens when they put the pixel on? Yeah. You don't know these things. Right. Uh, until you know. Elementary. It seems 101, but it's the most important starting piece. And then you start getting that, that real frontline feedback mm-hmm. where you can start making a, a adjustments and, you know, and, and then work towards. Well, yeah, they, they use the example of American Idol when like all these people go on American Idol and they, right. and they're like, and Simon Cowell or whoever is like, who told you you can sing? And they're like, my right. friends and my mom told me I'm great. And they're like, well, they, you know, they're, they're lying to you. It's funny um, you bring that up because Simon, he always got a bad rap when it first came to America, like Simon, but I, but then you, 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 people started to really appreciate his honesty because he's not going to sit there and, 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 and pretend that somebody that can't sing can sing like, no, you can't sing, you know, get off the stage and we'll get somebody else in it. It makes sense. He just didn't, he didn't color code it. Do we have time for one more quick one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is just uh, something that um, actually my wife uh, learned as a kid and was telling our kids this. And I, I think I've said it to you and um, but it was just something that I really liked where reach, reach as high as you can in the air. All right. Is that as high as you can? Oh yeah. It's about as high. Yeah. All right. Now reach higher. All right. There you go. Now reach higher. (laughs) Okay. The point is, is you could always reach higher than you think. Right. And at first you thought you were reaching as high as you can go. And then I said, reach higher and you went higher. And I'm like, reach higher than that. And you went even higher. And that's, that's really the message is, is, uh, you know, you could always do better, um, you know, and, and don't give up type of thing. And, you know, where you think you can go, you can go even higher than that. I like that. that. Yeah. And so that was, uh, that's, that's what I'd like to leave you with. That's good. And I, and I think it's a good time of year to, to reinforce, we talk about it a lot, but the, um, the power of gratitude, Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We've been killing what we've, we eat for 22 years. It's delicious. We've, yeah, we've, we've seen our ups, we've seen our downs. Um, and with, with certainty and honesty, we can say every day is a challenge. We wouldn't want it any other way, but when you're faced with challenges on top of two kids, a wife, the, the holidays and all that, your, your mind can spin. I mean, you, you, you can almost, you can almost, you know, go blind, you know, with, with everything coming at you at once. And I mean, you've turned me on to the, the power of meditation. Um, very effective, very effective. Um, but also when I, when I say my blessings, because a lot of times when you're faced with all those challenges and, and, and just that, that grind, I can start getting negative. Mm. I can start getting pulled into that negative world Mm. for some reason. The dark side. The dark side. And it's when I start feeling that pull, I sit down and I count my blessings. Yeah. And I'm grateful for this, this and that. And it's a good time of year to do that because it's the end of the year and you can kind of reflect on where you were, where you are and where you're going. And then the bigger picture sets in. And then that, that darkness kind of goes away and you start realizing that, you know, life is fast and it, as cliche it is, it's the little things that do matter. But, uh, but gratitude, I mean, it's, it's a powerful force and I use it daily at a mixture of that with uh, the meditation. It, um, 
definitely helps me in the month of December. December and, and really, December you know, loving the struggle. When you yeah. love yeah. the struggle and the, you know, the uncertainty or even failure, when you yeah. love it and you welcome it. Yeah. Um, you know, going at the obstacle is the way, you know, that's the stoic book, uh, uh, Sam Harris wrote the obstacles, the way the, the impediment to action. Um, the thing that stops you is actually the thing that gets you right. You need to go, you know, like Bob Marley said, the stone that the builder refuses becomes the head cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. Or the things you should choose, the things you refuse are the things you should choose. I mean, there's a million, (laughs) there's a million uh, anecdotes and uh, stuff that I could, I could say about this, but Yeah. yeah, man, it uh good things come out of struggle um not good things come out of cushiness and you know um letting it all pile up and kind of and and just changing the narrative like when when you are presented with struggles when you love those struggles rather than going oh you know but when you're like all right there's another one. Let's, let's on. see. Uh, there's a, 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 you know, not to talk. We are stoicism. going to run out of time, by the way. I just yeah, gotta, not to talk stoicism, but amor fati, uh, A-M-O-R-F-T-I, means love your fate, basically. Whatever, even tragedy. Right. Yeah, it's hard to do, but love what is thrown to you. That is the quickest way to move forward. Right. Anyway. You had a little story uh, uh, along with that uh, That theory or philosophy you told me once we can maybe do that uh at our next segment but uh but yeah i remember i remember you telling me something there if uh, you remember it i thought it was pretty powerful for the audience Uh, about somebody's fate and and it didn't work out and then he kept moving on and he just accepted his fate and then it all worked out i I thought that was you that well there's a lot of stories like that right right Um, i didn't know but anyway we're gonna run out of time but um yeah awesome happy holidays Um, tom happy happy holidays new year yeah and uh, I'm looking forward to 2023 too, man. It's going to be a great year. Yeah. Right on, brother. Awesome. Bye, man. Later. Take care. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.